Did you have kids to carry out the anger you wish you could have with your parents? Or in your because, life. Or that too. Do you just feel out of control and you mm -hmm. know, and you want this this opportunity with the, with this person who's innocent? You can fuck a kid up and it's so allowed. And you I mean, no one's going to bat an eye. Like, slap a kid in the face, hit their body, talk to them. Any kind of what crazy. that you couldn't do to a dog. Kids are oppressed is the correct word. 100%. Absolutely. Because also, dogs, you adopt them motherfuckers from a kennel. You know what I'm saying? Uh, spouses, you find them on an app or in a bar. Kids, you invent something that you inflict suffering on. That's some mm -hmm. crazy shit. And they mm -hmm. can't escape from you. I feel like people always talk about like the rebellious phase mm -hmm. when it comes to parents and shit like their kids. And I always thought that that was weird because it's like, it's not a phase. It's followed by adulthood. So like what we're categorizing is this like rebellious teenage phase where kids become more disrespectful, less obedient, et cetera, et cetera, is just the transitionary phase between childhood obedience and adult autonomy. It's a red I've, flag. I've had, you know, well, I've had plenty of relationships with white people, friendships and romantic relationships. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Like that. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I was listening. I'm listening. That was bad timing. No, because I, I saw Alvin. I saw Alvin do the, uh -huh, and then you look like. Uh -huh. I'm so okay. sorry. That was so bad timing. That was so Ooh, bad timing. Yeah. I am so <laughs> disappointed. Nah, he's a damn swirl. That was totally subconscious. You, we, yeah, you, that was I've dated plenty of white My ancestors oh, came out with that one. No. My ancestors no, came out with that one. All. I wasn't even thinking. I'm so sorry. Don't be like that. Go ahead. It's been the right to love Two. whoever you want, sir. Maybe three. <laughs> No, I'm maybe sure don't shoot All right, don't shoot. Two or three. You go ahead. Don't shoot that. Don't shoot that nigga no bail. Don't shoot that nigga no bail. You stand ten toes down on the fat. Not ten. Not oh, ten. Not ten. Come on, nine toes. Give me nine toes at least, bro. Come on now. I'm what I was gonna go say ahead. is, well, first of all, I'm not trying to defend shit. Just to clarify, so don't hit me with the judge fingers clasped. I'll hear your case. The the point that I was trying to make was just that. I do think, like, do we want to live in a world where we're capable of forming close relationships with white people at all? Because I think sometimes I've been friends. Let's, let's talk friends, for instance. I've been friends okay. with a white person and been like, can I fully trust you and be safe around you? And I've come to the mm -hmm. conclusion in several situations that, like, yes, like, you're, you're my support system. Like, you're, you're, mm -hmm. we're re really friends. Like, you're my emergency contact type shit. And I wonder if there's space to be critical of the way that white people participate in racism, the way that they don't question shit, the way they are, you know, happy to be a fair weather friend, but they're not really. But if we come in with distrust from the get go, then it becomes impossible to form any kind of real relationship because you're starting straight from like this person cannot understand me because maybe the answer is no. Maybe the answer is just like. If you want to have a happy, safe life as a black person, you should probably only have black friends, only date black That's people. That's not true at all. I'm, I'm not saying that. it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm raising, I'm raising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe that. I was just about to say I have, I've had like you know white friends who like legit as cool people. Of course, human beings just suck. 
Like, it don't matter what race you go to. It don't matter if it's a man, woman. Like, you always going to find some really terrible, awful, shitty-ass people. Race ain't got a lot to do with it. Just people being terrible and just having that nature to just be evil dickheads. But in that, of course, you also, and we, every single one of us, could have been an evil dickhead to somebody else in somebody else's story. And they could be completely right from their own perception. Of course, when it comes to, like, that race shit and then white people's complacency and, um, like Eddie said, they don't question it, but they also... It's like they're ignorant. Like they don't understand the depths of how hard they play into mm-hmm. it. When it's called out and questioned, it's like, oh, I would never. You know what I'm saying? So I don't. I think. I think a lot of it is ignorance for for most people because most people are relatively decent Decent-ish. people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like decent people. Like most people aren't just evil. I think just a lot of those people are just ignorant. They just straight up don't fucking know because they don't associate with black people on that level or other people or other groups of minorities to really understand the shit that they're doing real quick because i know cindy got about to lay some fire let me just introduce oh, the podcast let that marinate and then we're gonna go straight into are these white people devils or not so welcome everybody to <laughs> waving the red flag the number one dating and racial disharmony and or harmony podcast in the universe it's your boy eddie joined by josh alvin today we got the illustrious Cindy Noir. Welcome to the pod. Hello. Thanks for coming through. Thank y'all for having me. I'm so excited hey. to be here and get into it. Absolutely. Absolutamente. <laughs> and talk about it. I, Alvin, if you don't mind sharing, I know you were getting ready to go. I want to hear y'all's thoughts first before I give my my take. The, the only thing that I wanted to push back that Eddie was saying is that I think that it's really weird that we have this concept that me having my guard up when I first meet somebody is automatically detrimental to the relationship that we can form as we get to know each other, as we learn, as we build. So I have my guard up as soon as I meet somebody. I don't I don't come into any sort of situation with some sort of like, gee, golly, we're just going to be best friends kind of notion. I come in with some baseline cordialness um, and you you build trust with me. I don't have baseline like trust that I give you just on GP. And that's with anybody. So I think that, yeah, I, I think that if you just apply that to any given situation, that it means that you can build that with the white person. Like you can come in with some baseline level of skepticism and build trust along the way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because that's how I've literally built every single relationship that I've ever had. And those have, at least platonically, <laughs> worked out my, worked out very well. So, um, so I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, my real quick little pushback would be like, you you know me and you know how I, how I how I form relationships. I'm on the same type of time. I don't start, people start with negative trust when I'm forming a relationship. So I'm in the same boat there. My thing is when I say having a guard can be detrimental to a relationship is that sometimes it's okay for you to have something that's detrimental to a relationship when you're protecting yourself, first of all. But two, it's like you have to have a path that is possible to get past the guard, right? Is it a, is it a moat? Is it a fence or is it a wall? And so if you have a wall that says people of this category cannot understand me, that's different than saying I, I got a, a couple little extra tests for a white person or a couple little extra tests for a cisgender person or a couple little extra tests for a man. That's fine. But if there is no pathway towards. The- Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, 
and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The deepest level of closeness, then what we're essentially saying is you cannot have intimate relationships, friendship, familyship, uh, romance with people of whatever this category is. I'll do you one better. And I, I disagree with what you just said just there because there are okay. certain things that there are people in my life that I'm extremely close with that, that I just, they can't understand and I'm fine with that. Like we can build our relationship okay. despite that. So I'll be, I'll be real and I'll put it on, I'll bring it to the square. Eddie, I consider you a very good friend for the people but. who don't know that on the podcast, me and Eddie go way back. We've known each other a very long time. I've discussed some stuff with Eddie and Josh that the general public just don't know about. Eddie, there's a shit ton of shit about growing up in inner city Atlanta, like in the projects that you just will not get, bro. Like, Fair. like you, 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 you from the city, but you come from a completely different background than me. And like, I don't hold it against you at all. You just won't get that from me. Like we, we, we grew up slightly differently and that's, and that's fine. I think that we've been able to foster understanding on those topics because you're a deeply like understanding person and that you have the mental fortitude to see through a lens past your own upbringing. And I think that if you have that, which I've been able to glean via having that relationship where we built that trust i think that's completely fine you don't have to know every single detail and be able to relate to every single thing about me in order to have that you just have to be able to have a lens to see past your own bullshit and i think you can 100 percent do that um in those groups but to your point i think that's the point that people have to get to in order to have those type of relationships and everybody can't yeah. sandy what are we thinking that's a, that's a good that's a good set of points but sandy what we think y'all made some really great points um for me I do have distrust, especially with white people. Uh, personal experiences. Nothing wrong I had a friendship in, in college. It was a white girl. She and I were friends two years. She seemed to be very socially conscious. She seemed to be very aware. She seemed to be very open to listening to, you know, how her privilege impacts. All, all, she, she seemed very open. Mm. I've seen this movie. Yeah, it's Two about to go bad. years into the friendship. She was talking to me about her ex. She he had pissed her off, and she was going off, and she's in the middle was like, da 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 da, and that nigga, this that. I mean, just flew out seamless, like <laughs> like like smooth. This like partner butter. was black. No, very <laughs> much, <laughs> very much a Timmy Chinese. Turner. <laughs> he was a, he was a smooth Timmy Turner, God and I'm like. <laughs> And as soon as as soon as she said it, her face worse. turned red. She was like, "I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that." But the to you was silent, and that if it, it mm, messed me course. up because it was like that don't slip like, out unless you say it in other contexts. Like you're saying it, you know. So what else are you doing? What else? What other beliefs are you? Like what? What else is behind that than just that mm. word for me? And it what I learned from that was you don't really know white folks until you know them and that you really can't because i thought we was thick as thieves that's my home girl she gets yeah, it yeah, she's yeah. cool so i, I think what mm. you were saying alvin is like even if you can't relate to that experience you have to be willing to understand and look past your own bullshit. so many white people are not willing to look past their own comfort of privilege 
to hear and to see mm-hmm. what your experience is. If you're not even able to hear me out and to have that kind of experience, I, so just telling me why people suck. Okay, that's great. So have you figured out your implicit biases? Have you really broken down how you haven't been impacted by it? Or are you just trying to follow a trend? Just because you have BLM in your bio doesn't mean shit to me. And, and this experience of it's my responsibility to teach you about how, about your implicit biases, about your privilege. I don't want for our friendship to become a one-on-one lesson on society that I have to live in. Not wanting to have to educate people that you're in relationships with. I'm very like, what do we do with that? Because I think at an individual level, it's very fine to just be like, I, I am not willing to put in the effort necessary to form friendships with pick your pick your your, your category, straight people, mm-hmm. cis people, men, white people, white women, whatever it is. I think that makes sense. But I'm also kind of like in some situations, that's just what the game is like. Yeah. If you're a woman and you date men, it's just you're going to have to take on some of that. Yeah, you, yeah. And it's going to take energy, but it's like, if you want to form this relationship. Yeah, who's worth that? Who's worth that effort? I I wouldn't be opposed to being willing to teach if if you gave me something to work with. A lot of white people are just ignorant. And they seem, you know. um, Do you think she, after she called you, after she called her, her white boyfriend a nigga, do you think that she had space to learn? God, no. Um, no. <laughs> it was a situation of just like she felt like she got caught. There was no, she didn't apologize. There, she apologized really? in the moment, but like but she didn't in the moment, yes, she didn't come it. back and say like, hey, I'm so sorry. Can we talk about it? There was none of that. We just stopped talking and that was mm. it. So I feel like if you really were trying to learn and do better, there would have been some kind of some reconciliation, some kind of like, listen, I know I messed up. Can we, can we try? And that's the scary part. It's like, how do you know until you know, you know? And it's, it's a risk with every single one. So I just- With every single relationship, so. Honestly, though, that's a good point. Yeah. So, and like, going back to something that Alvin was saying, that there's, there are things that we understand that people were in relationships with along the lines of sexuality, race, uh, economic status, or whatever, to where that the other person will never be able to understand mm-hmm. a certain element of you. But I think- if that element that they can't understand of you is like fundamental to your humanity, like in the situation you're describing, then that's, that's a different situation. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if, if that's the situation you have to either be willing to go, here is a set of steps that this person can follow, which in your case is you have to be willing to engage with your own discomfort. You have to mm-hmm. be willing to take accountability and apologize when you fuck up and you have to be willing to, to reach out with an olive branch when you fuck up and, and show that you're willing to... Sure, if, I, if I'm the teacher, you got to be willing to show up to class. You can't right. ask me to teach you a bunch of shit and be mad when I do or say that your answer is wrong. Right. And I think if you put those things in place, then I'm like, I, I think we I think we just... Every, I view everybody kind of has to concede on that. If you, wanna, if you want to be in community with people that are historically your... Uh, have privilege that exploits you or has... You know what I'm saying? If you want to have white friends male friends you kind of gotta you gotta have conversations with somebody is mm-hmm. my view or you just go we're not gonna do this at all which that's also fair everybody doesn't have to do it but if you kind of gotta do some something there is give and take at some point it's just about who's worth it it's about yeah. it depends on how ignorant you are too because there's some levels of ignorance why people i'm not touching that i'm not doing that. that i don't, I don't even want to i don't really even like, have the yeah. time i don't want to deal with that so yeah. also they has to be do with how much work they, they yeah how much work have they done on their own they bring it to the table that risk is in any kind of companionship you have with anybody but the risk of befriending somebody who is the oppressor 
it's a different kind of pain of like, I should have known better. I should have done that. I shouldn't have put myself out there like that. I should have known better than to befriend this white girl for two years. You know, like, like, like what was I thinking? How did I miss? What, what did I, you know, what did I see? At the end of the day, when it comes down to it, y'all are loyal to each other still. Seeing white women who voted in this last midterm election, all of that is very jarring because not all of those people who voted for, you know, the Republicans or whatever are knowingly publicly Republicans. So no, how do I know I who like, is I feel who? like I can, I feel like I can clock them all visual. You can. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, but at, I but know. I don't. But I I don't know who you're what, what you're pressing in the, in the in the voting booth. It's just you. And to see such a gap of women, white women vote for Republicans, knowing that we're looking at you know reproductive, reproductive rights being stripped. A lot of y'all are lying. A lot of y'all are in these streets rallying behind, but then going behind these in these voting booths. And and I will say, like, imagine what the midterm election would have looked like had the Republicans not made the mistake of making reproductive rights a ballot issue, because. Mm-hmm. That I, lost li- them I a live lot of in votes. that lost them a lot of white female votes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. all the other stuff they were, you know, like the, no, the black people, were, you know, yeah, yeah. If you look at this past election, making reproductive rights a ballot issue during a midterm is why we were able to hold ground in Congress as Democrats. And I'll say that publicly, mm-hmm. I'm a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they hadn't done that, they were willing to look past all this other shit. Um, all the other antics were completely were completely above board as far as the average white white American eligible. Yeah, nope, all oh, good. We, um, yeah, they, 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 wait, wait, good, hold, my, my womb? My, oh, hold on. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> wait a minute, why are we going so fast? Hold on. Mm-hmm. I, I thought we was taking up their rights, not my rights. What's going on? What are we doing? And, you know, I think that's what Precisely. I find so heinous about this whole reproductive situation is – it's not until it began to impact you, because this has been an issue as far mm-hmm. as in black and brown neighborhoods. We've been having issues as far as reproductive rights and having access to reproductive rights. It's, but now that your access is in jeopardy, now you want to vote different. Now you want to advocate. Now you want us to rally together and be women and fight together. But we've been dying in the stirrups for years now. Where's, where's the rallying? Where's the advocating for that? The reality is y'all will be able to have your little 6 a.m. quick little clinic meet up real sly on the fly mm. you'll be fine we can't have that is it once you get your rights you're going to go turn over and go back to sleep or will you continue to fight for all of us to have rights because it just seems like history repeats itself over and over again they will use all of our experiences to get themselves in check and once they're good they're good hop the fuck out. so why would i become your friend why would i befriend that not to eh. And just to just to clarify, and after this, maybe we'll do some. We'll do a stupid topic. We'll see see how the how the group feels. I was going to ask. You made a, a point about. I think you were referring specifically to black women dying more and having more absolutely uh, mortality 
as Absolutely. a result of this. And the idea being seeking abort like unsafe abortions or like Absolutely. reproductive solutions, but not having the access because it's now illegal. You got to go. That's what you're Absolutely. referring to. Yes. Yeah. Not just from illegal abortions, but homicide. Um, mm. We're seeing upticks in women who are pregnant being killed by their partners to the point where when we think about having kids, we're having to consider like dying. Like it's, it's, it's a very mm. legit and real thing. Our bodies aren't incapable of having babies. That isn't the problem. It's medical racism. And you're only caring about your own access. It's, it's very loud. Y'all really cared about our, our, all of our rights. You'd be in the streets marching for or protesting for us for and what we're experiencing. Shit, yeah. Because I saw a graph recently of um, women dying in childbirth. And like every other race is low. And we are up in the 60 percentile of like a death in childbirth. It's, it's a staggering. Yeah. It's a staggering difference. And everyone and is chilled down to too, 20s. Right? Yes. Native, you know? native, I, think, native, I believe yeah. native is a little bit higher, too. But white yeah, and Mexican, but two, they're, they're yeah. about they're about but Asian, neck, but Hispanic, white, white. About they're about they're even. about the same. So how can you look at those graphs and still go in the booth and vote Republican? That's crazy. Yeah. And I think. I think we got a fundamental shift with within the country on what it meant to be a Republican and Democrat. So you look at like mm-hmm. our most like liberal people would probably have been like Republicans, you know, not that long ago because the country's just shifted right um, to a very drastic mm-hmm. degree. My favorite Bill, Bill Clinton quote that I think I've said on here at some point when he took office and he was addressing Congress for the first time after the 92 election was he said there, there, there are no Democrats here. And I'm paraphrasing. He said, there are no Democrats here. He said, we have a room full of Reagan Republicans and we have a room full of Eisenhower Republicans because that's how far we've moved as, as, as a country in general. So I do think that there are some Republicans that like, you know, like I'm thinking old school, you know, Tuesday, Tuesday group Republicans, John McCain's, whatever. If you look at Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama, they differ in a, from a policy perspective on like six things, six key things, but only like six things. But I will say that when you start making the jump to these Republicans that literally make a core component of their campaign, taking apart the personage of select oppressed groups. That's where I draw the line. So, you know, you want, you want to vote for Romney and OA and, eh, you know, we can have a discussion. You want to vote for Trump in the last couple of elections. No, nah, we ain't got mm-hmm. nothing to talk about. Good point. All right. Now we got a choice for the four of us. We wanted, we got about 15, 20 minutes left. We want to do some dumb shit. We want to do some serious shit or we want to, Expand on some shit we already talked about. I'm on y'all time. I can go either way. We on yours, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> did y'all see did y'all see this clip? You 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 told me the other day that you feel like kids sh- should disrespect their parents. So let me let me put that in context. How many of you guys in this room are would like to raise your children to be strong minded, independent thinking, ambitious kids or adults, right? Part of that is confidence, part of that is voice, part of that is knowing I have value. The first place they practice voice is on you guys. My mother would say, Ellie, go do the dishes. And I would be like, why didn't you ask one of them? And that would get me popped. You know, that, that would get you looked That's at. That's usually and I told you so. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But if you're teaching your child to be confident, to be strong, to be, to value their voice, they should ask those kinds of questions. And it allows you to parent them. They're like, practicing their voice. But that was in our era. Bro, in the 1900s, yeah, that was, that was disrespect yeah, yeah. I would never yeah. think to talk back. I would never even think to talk to my parents the way my kids talk to me. But it's like, it's not, it's, as Ellie said, it's not disrespect. 
It's just them being like asking valid questions. But that's right. also the way white people raise their kids doing that. Yeah. Because like my grandmother, you could never, she'd tell you whatever to do. Paint the house. Just go paint it. You may not know how to paint, but you don't paint the house. We confuse respect for silence. And I understand. And I can do things that I understand and push back on things I don't. That's why white folks got kids on leashes in the malls. Because it's like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. It was Breakfast Club. Because I remember Envy was saying some dumb shit in response to it. I saw the clip, but I missed what DJ Envy said. What did he say? He said that and it wasn't that dumb. Basically, his stance was that the therapist was or whatever he was, was basically saying that children need to, in moments, push back with what we traditionally consider to be disrespect against their parents, because that's how they learn autonomy. That's how they learn to stand up for themselves in the world. That's how they learn to be thinkers critically about why they believe what they believe, why they do what they do. Um, and it makes them it, it builds trust in the relationship because it's not just about you should do what I say because you fear me. It's you should do what I say because the things that I'm attempting to have us do are good for you, are good for the mm -hmm. family, are in your best interest, et cetera, et cetera. And one dude, I forget, he's a light-skinned dude that's on a lot of podcasts. I forget what his name is, but he's he's well-known or something. Uh, uh, The gossip dude? I think so, yeah. Ace Lee, right? Yes, yes, Jason Lee. Yes, yes Jason Lee. You. Jason Lee says, um, you know, look, that that's what some white people shit. In my day, if your mother told you to paint the fucking house, you went, fuck, all right, I guess I gotta get a paint can and I guess I'll go do that, which, and everybody laughed at that. Um, and then Envy said, no, sometimes I need my kids to do what the fuck I say because I said it right then and I, and I don't want it to be questioned. Um, that's where he was at. I disagree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree largely with, I, I think it's actually very rare as a parent to be in a situation where you can't explain every little fucking thing. yes it's annoying it's like yes it's fucking danger. tedious mortal danger if you're in a it's like, I've said this and before, how often are you in fucking mortal danger but like mortal danger is the only time and there was this scene in a uh, bird box that i remember referencing where sandra bullock says to her children her children i need you to be quiet and if you're not quiet i will hurt you get your ass back in my house and she didn't mean it like i'll spank you she meant like i'll break a finger if you if you make any noise and I'm like, that's a situation. Like, if it's a zombie fucking apocalypse and you need immediate, immediate obedience with no questioning of the plan, like a soldier, cool. In the modern world, right? If you're a middle class, that is almost never needed almost from your kid. Almost never. Mm -hmm. When you say, hey, do the garden. Hey, take out the trash. Hey, you know, thaw the chicken, any of that shit. Yes, it's going to take twice as fucking long because you got to explain it. You decided to have some fucking kids. It's inconvenient. You have time. Do it. Every time. Easier said Agreed. than done, I don't have kids. That's why I don't have Agreed. fucking kids, because I don't want to do that shit. So, <laughs> you had the kids. That's what part of the job is. So, Absolutely. I feel like... Bars. I don't know. I think, I think parents have gotten away... <laughs> parents have gotten away with their authority not being questioned for a long time. And just then the power of the power trip that is being a parent. Because I said so has been a staple in our community for a long time. And I, I always hated the response because I said so why like i mean my thing is yeah. <laughs> how did you agree to have a how did you decide to have a child children are clean slates they don't know nothing they don't they don't know yeah. anything so these whys these questions are for them to develop understanding of their world view and to shape their world view because mm -hmm. i said so it's such a I, I i i never understood why i hated it as a kid but as an adult i understand it's a blockage to intimacy i think the intimacy Ooh. of the parent and child bonding in a way of learning. Why are you parenting me in this way? 
How is that mm-hmm. going to, how is this supposed to make me a better person? What is it supposed to do? Because when I'm asking like you why, as a child, I'm not asking you as I'm, I disrespect you. I don't, I don't view you as respectful as something I should, by somebody I should respect. I'm asking because I genuinely don't know. And I really want insight onto why. And because I said so, just blocks me out from gaining that insight and that closeness to you. So. <laughs> that's good. No, that's I just, good. The intimacy. I, I never even would have thought of the, like, you're, you're. You're basically saying you and me can't be close. You can't see my yeah. thinking. You're not allowed to yeah. see who I am as a person yeah. because I said so. So you don't get to see why I think what I think or my view on the world or any of that shit. Do it because I said so. I've, I, I always felt shut out as a kid when I would receive that kind of response. It's like, dang, I wasn't even trying like that. I just want to know. And I feel like black kids, because we, we, I always hate when we have these conversations about parenting and here comes a black person Talking about, well, back in my day, we got abused. Like, it's like, this is not. <laughs> <laughs> they used to beat the shit out of us. We used to have cops shit. Back in my is, day. I, it's like, okay, if you're going to have kids, you need to understand what you're getting. You're getting a clean slate who needs a worldview shaped for them. You can't agree to have these kids and then expect adult behaviors, expect them to never have questions. Yeah, it's annoying. They're kids. They're going to be annoying to you. That's that's what comes with the territory. Yo, so I just think had them. You had them. Is. You know, they're so not just, dogs. Like, what the I, fuck are you doing? Kids are supposed to be inquisitive, and and that and that inquisition needs to remain alive. You can't kill that because you're annoyed. Not only that, I don't want my kids. I think kids fearing their parents is not a good tactic. Why am I? Why is my child afraid of me? And there, I I created them. That doesn't that's make crazy. any sense. Yeah. Like I, you need to respect I think me. Absolutely, rarely it's necessary. But rarely it's necessary in those why, emergency when do you situations feel we talked about. Okay, well that's some, fine. In those emer- but, but, but generally, if you no. respected me yeah. though, if you respected then me that as a parent anyway, well, yeah. and we're yep, in a dire true. situation, me telling you shut the hell up, you should respect that. I'm saying that for a reason. And shut the hell up, you know. But it shouldn't take you being afraid of me to do that. I don't think that emotional abuse, not at all. I I just don't think that my kids being afraid of me, I don't need that. I I think that parents have used that power trip to validate their tactic for so long, but it's ineffective long-term. Your your kids don't respect you. They're just afraid of you. And at some point they're going to get big enough to where that fear is gone and you never had respect for them to begin with. So what's left? Nothing. Also people pass it along. You know what I mean? Like it's because it's weird to me that Every parent who is raised in that way, it's 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 um it's dominator logic, which is that mm-hmm. like my reward for having been a child who was abused in this particular way is that once I am an adult, I am no longer property, I am owner. And so you mm-hmm. kind of just continually pass on that slave master and master kind of rhetoric, which then turns to this weird thing where it's like like what uh Jason Lee was saying there, where it's like, Oh, that's some white people shit. I always find that very weird when we're like Maybe we shouldn't beat black babies. Oh, that's some white mm-hmm. people shit. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are we even talking about? That like not beating black children is somehow. But where do we get beating our kids from? That's some white people shit if you want to talk about it. So it's like, right? why are we. And they don't move past. They don't do because they don't do that with their kids. But we still do that with our kids. But we still do I, it with our kids. I also want to point out. I also want to point out that I 100% and Eddie, I know me and you have gotten into it about this. I 100% despise when people highlight something as a good parenting tactic and people say that's some white people shit as if white people don't always do don't also do that mm-hmm. i think don't, that, don't I also think, beat the I think, kids yeah i think yeah. that that level of like corporal punishment within like a parent child dynamic is more along the lines of socioeconomic status than race mm-hmm. just say you don't know any white people just say i think we beat our kids that's more. One, 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 i think one, that's what I, we got I, I, I think we beat our kids more. i want to 
I 100% disagree. Like, okay. get, like, like, meet, meet some. Maybe when meet you some control for some shit. Yeah, no, I'm about to say control meet, for shit. Meet some, meet some, meet some low income white people, and and you'll you'll. I'm not saying no, no. I'm not look. I'm, if you control for income, sure, then maybe it becomes closer to equal. But if you don't control for that, because we economically as a whole group, they're doing better than us. It, 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 please correct yes. me if I'm incorrect yes. on no, that. No, okay. you, you are you are absolutely correct. So as a percentage, we be beat more of our kids. Because some of more of us are poor, but I also, but to be fair, I do think as we as we start to get economic and financial stability and start to have some space where we're out of survival mode, we start to question those things, and you see black parents starting to break those generational curses. So that's true, but when because no, never when we talk about race do we purely control for income and then toss out a point, like when we say oh black people are impacted by this thing because race is a a de facto or proxy marker for economic conditions. We don't go, oh, therefore it's not racism. Like, no, my, black well, people my experience poverty, that, and therefore, yeah, we experience this. Thing. I, I, so, and I and I imagine that we'll probably see that this is a little bit more more nuanced, even if we actually looked at research and we weren't just speculating. Sure. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there are tons of white people that beat their children. I've seen. Yes, I, yeah. I live in a predominantly white um, in a white city. Like I go to stores and I don't see black people anymore, which is kind of jarring. Um, mm. Being from Atlanta, um, mm. they 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 pop their kids in the fucking Target just like everybody would do at the fucking Piggly Wiggly on Cleveland when I grew up. Like so I just so I just hate this whole notion. Yeah. That, I don't really like, see a lot of white people like, hauling off white, their white kids, people, but I also don't. White people don't do this shit. White only only black people do that kind of oh, shit. Oh yeah, no, only not white, not only, only white, not only. <laughs> I think I think black when we people say don't white support their own like white people do. Like I hate I hate oh, that whole yeah. fucking rhetoric. Okay, it's no, just okay. so it's just so fucking yeah. Bullshit. I agree with you on that. But I think when people talk about some white people shit, they mean a particular kind of white person, which is that like they're talking. They're not saying only black people do this and no white people do this. What they're saying is only white people do this following set of of behaviors in a particular. You know what I'm saying? Like kids on a leash or frozen yogurt or whatever the fuck. Like this is a particular white kind of thing, and that doesn't mean no black people do it. But it's like primarily a white people thing. I think and we I think tend there's, to there's liken, a phenomenon there. I think that we, we, whenever we say that, we're tending to liken things like softness, vulnerability, yep. uh, connection to whiteness. And that's what I have an issue Exploration with. Exploration. You know? Adventure, um, trying new shit. Seeing your kids as human. You know? It's like, why are we liking yeah. that to that's, whiteness? Um, that's some white people shit. That's some white people shit. He's not uh, people these which, and so, so then it, mean, it, it begets the question of, so then what is blackness to you? But I just think that whenever we liken these things to white people shit you're really you're really shitting on us in the at the end of the day like you're really talking about you're, you're showing just how little you view a blackness i think that's more mm. of a telltale sign than anything so yeah i also think that there's like so what if the kid is disrespectful because you were you were saying before where you were like you know i'm not asking you know out of disrespect i'm just curious i'm like no i was asking out of disrespect i don't want to paint the fucking house why yeah. you gotta you gotta explain to me i'm not doing that bullshit like and that's an okay, that is also an okay thing. And for they're a open human to having that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And sometimes it might be, look, kid, love you. You got to do this. This is what we need to do to run the house. And I've explained it as much as I can. You might still have to make the kid do it. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that. But to act it won't like, be the, perfect, like a I'm person sure. going, I don't want to do this shit is somehow unallowable. Mm-hmm. Let's say it is disrespect. Sometimes kids going to be fucking disrespectful, like real mm-hmm. disrespectful. Sometimes going to say, I fucking hate you, mom, and, mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck. That's a person. Mm-hmm. Come on, let it rock, or not let it rock, but like 
we acting like because you're not you're not mad about the district you're you're mad because you think this person is not allowed to speak to you a certain way but i also feel like that's what's going on when when adults think like that i really feel like did you have kids to carry out the anger you wish you could have with your parents like is that why you want to be in charge or in your life or that too. Or in Do you just feel out boss, of control, you know? and you know, mm-hmm. and you want this this opportunity with the, with this person who's innocent to have that kind right. of power over? Because there is a huge power trip or potential for power tripping in parenting. This person can't fend for themselves. They're, I've heard therapists say that children are the most oppressed group of people because they don't have a voice the way the adults have voices. So if you can fuck a kid up and it's so allowed. And I mean, no one's going to bat an eye. Slap a kid in the face, hit their body, talk to them. Any kind of crazy that you couldn't do to a dog. Exactly. It is just allowed. Kids are oppressed is the correct word. Absolutely. Because also, dogs, you adopt them motherfuckers from a kennel. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Spouses, you find them on an app or in a bar. Kids, you invent something that you inflict suffering on. That's some Mm -hmm. crazy shit. And they Mm -hmm. can't escape from you. Mm -hmm. Maybe if CPS comes to get them, they put them with somebody that's even fucking worse. Yeah. So it's like, what a horrific situation. They are a very oppressive oppressive group. And I feel like, especially in a black family, we have not experienced a certain level of intimacy in the parent-child relationship for a long time. I think that for a long time, parent-child intimacy has been, or that relationship has been, uh keep a roof over your head, I feed you, I, I, I bathe you, I clothe you, you're good. But there's 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 a potential for a lot more closeness that I don't think we've seen in a large scale in our community for a long time. So I hope I hope we're starting to change as time yeah. goes on. I think but we yeah. get too, too connected to that, like a certain kind of tradition to where we don't even mm-hmm. want to like entertain the possibility. Like what if you were closer to your children? Like where mm-hmm. if you... What if you were one of their little friends? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, would that be so bad? You know what I mean? What is I mean, so bad yeah. about that? Honestly, <laughs> is 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 it a bad thing to want to be your child's friend in a social actually, degree? Actually, I will say, <laughs> <laughs> actually, the way you I said will... it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta bring it full circle to the therapeutic language. You know what I'm saying? Uh... <laughs> Occasionally, my son, you will find out as a result of having fucked around. This is the, you know, <laughs> Nicolations 11, 12. <laughs> um, no, I think I think being friends with your kid is a bad idea. I think, I think er, like, early on, you're here to raise them. Because I, I think mm-hmm. friendship is, to be fair, sometimes friendships can have, like, a mentorship vibe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because I've got lots of friends that I consider to be smarter, more accomplished, better than me at certain things. And I definitely look to them for, like, Hey, how do you do this? Like, how did you learn how to do this, et cetera, et cetera. But that's probably more like an older sibling kind of vibe mm-hmm. than it is a parent. I feel like with a parent, you can't really expect anything from, you shouldn't expect really almost anything from your kid. It should primarily be a mostly one-way relationship until they're maybe older, until they're mm-hmm. over 25, 30, I would say maybe. Up until probably about 30, I, I would say, say you're, I- in, you're raising them slash advising them. Mm-hmm. So I'd say you probably friends. have some smart kids. You have some smart kids where they can broaden your perspective. I'd say maybe like middle school age, like because they no, no, yeah, yeah, they learn stuff yeah, at a different sure. at a different clip now. Like they're yeah. exposed to stuff, at and a, they're at seeing a, a world that you're not pace. seeing. 
But I feel like that's yeah. that's the kind of an osmosis sort of teaching because I feel like even a six year old can teach yeah. you shit like in that way where it's like, oh fuck, I didn't realize you could move through the world that way. I learned a new thing. But going to your middle schooler to go, man, I'm really struggling with your mom right now. That's just wildly inappropriate. I would say. Oh yeah. Your 35 year old daughter. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily crazy to talk to your 35 year old child about your marriage, for instance. 15, no. 12, no. So I don't I think you can be that. a friend because friendship requires that give and take, and you shouldn't be taken from your kids emotionally early, early on. Okay, you got to be the, the rock. You know what I'm saying? I'm not in my way or the highway type of person when it comes to kids. I just think that that is such a limiting, like I said, just a blockage. I don't know. I understand that as an adult, you have more insight than a child might. But if you're trying to raise, you're not, you don't have a child. You're raising a human who will be an adult one day. This child thing is temporary. So being so caught up and you must respect me as a parent, you're, you're robbing that child of the experience of figuring themselves out in the proper ways, in my opinion. So I yeah, that's how I see it. Um, I had one little more thing and I was going to say, and then, and then I'll, I'll close it out. Oh, I was going to point out that I feel like people always talk about like the rebellious phase mm-hmm. when it comes to parents and shit like their kids. And I always thought that that was weird because it's like, it's not a phase. It's followed by adulthood. So, like, what we're categorizing is this, like, rebellious teenage phase where kids become more disrespectful, less obedient, et cetera, et cetera, is just the transitionary pay, uh, phase between childhood obedience and adult autonomy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what's happening. They're, they're moving into not being your property. Mm-hmm. That's not rebellion. That's, like, I, that's revolution. You know what I'm saying? A rebellion gets squashed. Revolution, you just, you have a new society after that. This is now a grown adult person that doesn't, live under your roof or follow your rules or whatever that's not a rebellious phase that was somebody becoming an adult so i always thought that was a weird weird little thing yeah yeah i also feel like that teenage i feel like the teenage years tell on how close of a partnership you have with your parents like i think part of that rebellion is parents realizing that they weren't that close to their their, their children to begin with because I mean, growing up, I, I I wouldn't say that I had much of a rebellion because my mother and I were close and I respected her. She had my respect my entire childhood and my entire life. So I felt no need to defy. Yes, I was becoming my own adult, but I didn't feel the need to do it at the expense of her respect, per se. Uh, but I think that a lot of these parents raise their kids in an authoritarian style. And then as the kids become older, bigger in size, whatever the case may be, that tactic doesn't work anymore. And the parent doesn't have any other tactic or way of controlling their kid. So now the kids are rebelling. That's kids are supposed to push back and, you know, push boundaries. That's the point, especially at that age. But if y'all had that level of foundation of trust and respect, would it still be that intense and would it still be a rebellion? I don't, no, I don't know. Yeah, if you provide the space where you're not fucking constantly pushing yeah. down on them, it's like, oh, yeah, no, the kid's doing some new shit now. Like, yeah, yeah like. Homeboy, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have colored my hair that way. It looked kind of dumb to me. But I'm gonna keep that to myself. I'm gonna yeah. keep. I'm not gonna tell them that. Yeah, because I know our future kids gonna sound gonna. <laughs> they gonna be weird as shit. Because I my feel kids like, are gonna be unconventional yeah. as hell. I already know. I already. Know. One thing I'm I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that my kid is gonna circle back around. Like gonna be so unconventional to me that they just circle back around to being regular <laughs> as hell. And it's like, what if I have a kid who's just like. Like a football play, like a football player, just straight laced, like <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh damn, the high like school a jock. Me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do my dad. best. Give me a noogie. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do my best to not of. like imagine my kids. I don't want to put my kids into any kind of box before they get here. But if I have some unfunny kids, send them back. What this are we going to do? Lame as hell, boy. Lame. square ass kids. Like, oh my god. He's roasting this kid. And he's like, mom, I don't, I don't. That's really rude, actually. Shut you your can't. little ass. <laughs> Oh, bald head boy. He he Four two months old. He don't have no hair. He uh, just, uh, 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 oh, no teeth having ass boy. <laughs> I pray I have some okay. funny kids, but yeah. Yes. Well, look, folks. Uh, if you see your white homegirl, supposed <laughs> homegirl, calling her definitely Caucasian white man a nigga in conversation, you might be seeing a red flag. But at the same time, if you treat your kids like property, it's probably you that's waving the red flag. It's been waving the red flag podcast. It's been Eddie, Alvin, Josh, joined today by Sydney Noir. Let the people know what they, you know, what you got going on, what they need to buy, because I know you got you got inventory. <laughs> you got inventory to move. So let them know Appreciate what's up. Appreciate it. Um, if y'all need a bonnet that does not fall off your head when you sleep at night, come holler at your girl. If y'all need natural foam shampoo for your edges, because it might be a little crusty, I need a little bit of refreshing. Come holla at your girl. Y'all can follow me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at the Cindy Noir. Same thing across all platforms. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Thank you guys so much for having me. I enjoy talking to men who are smart. I appreciate that. I don't know which men you are. Well, we do have Josh and Alvin, so I, I appreciate y'all you talking to them. Alvin is a smart motherfucker. That's, that is that is fair. Thank you.